0: Yes, 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 ma'am, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, everything is ready, yep, uh, yeah, the, the, the furniture is getting moved while we speak, yep, yep, um, so I think, I think you'll be able to show the house tonight if you want, what's that? The night watch, oh, oh, the painting, oh, the big painting, yes, 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 you want that hung tonight? Uh, OK. It's an original Rembrandt? Oh, we'll be very, very careful with it. Yes, yes. Um, but y- you want to be here when we hang it tonight? No. OK. No problem. Hey, new guy. Hey, new guy, make yourself useful. Hang up this painting over here. Where are you going? We've got all the tools you need back here. Now just grab a hanger, a hammer and, and hang up that painting. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you hold a second? What are you doing? That is a sledgehammer. <sighs> no, that's a mallet. Yes, that's a hammer. Now please take that hammer and hang up that painting. <laughs> uh, ma'am, we're, we're very proud of the work we've accomplished here. I'm sure you'll be quite pleased. Hold, please. What, what happened? It's, it's just called a picture window. You can't actually hang a picture on it. We, we, we've had a bit of a setback. Hold, please. What's going on now? D- is it damaged? No, not the wall. I can see that's damaged. You could put a basketball through that hole. I mean the picture that painting is priceless you can't just stick a nail anywhere and hope it hangs something that something that precious that priceless that has to be put in a immovable place You have to find something sturdy, something strong, something that's reliable, at least a stud or or an anchor. Yes, put it in an anchor because that way it'll be immovable. Nothing will budge. A tornado could pass through this house and that picture wouldn't budge an inch. You hear me? Okay. I have to speak to the client. Uh... Uh thank you ma'am. Sorry to keep you holding. We we've had a little bit of an issue. Yeah, we we might we might have to delay this a day or two. I'm going to have to call you back. New guy.
1: Thank you, David. Today we're talking about uh, an unusual name of Jesus, a nail in a firm place, and I know you're delighted when you came in today that you received another gift from Pastor Scott. (laughs) If you didn't get a nail, our ushers are coming down, and be sure to wave it at our ushers, and they're going (laughs) to give you uh, a nail that I want you to hang on to this week. I want you to put this in your pocketbook, I want you to put this in your pocket, I want you to be reminded that as we kick off Lent, that we are celebrating what Christ has done for us on the cross, and we are looking today at an incredible name, a name, a nail in a firm place. Go ahead and get your nail out if you have it, and just hang on to that just for a, a, a couple of minutes. I know you're overwhelmed at the generosity today of, uh, of your pastor and... and uh, Everyone gets a nail, and some of you got a wonderful collection over the years of all the wonderful things I've given you, but uh, make sure you get your nail. Hang on to it, hold it just for a few seconds as we look at this incredible name. Uh, Look in your notes as we follow along this morning, and we're going to go to uh, the nail in a firm place, and this is found in Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 23. And I will drive him like a peg into a firm place, and he will become a seat of honor for the house of his father. So notice in that verse of scripture that that, that he will be driven like a, a peg into a firm place, and he will be a seat of honor for the house of his father. This is a prophetic word that was given by Isaiah. Specifically, he was speaking of one of the leaders of the children of Israel, Eliakim. And his name means God raises up. But it is a symbol of Jesus. And Jesus is that firm nail. Can I get an amen? amen. Remember on Calvary's cross that he was driven in his hands and his feet with a, with a nail. And as Pastor Sandra said, it was firm, it was secure, it was not screwed, in, it was nailed there. Which that really means that you can count on Christ to be your firm place. Amen. You can count on Christ to be there for you. He is a firm nail. And as you are walking and living this, this week with a nail in your pocket, it's going to remind you of what Christ did uh, on Calvary's cross for your and my benefit. Let me hear an amen. So, <coughs> excuse me. So think for a moment in your house. What is your most prized painting? or artwork. It's probably not a Rembrandt, but think of your most prized painting or artwork. I've got a particular piece of uh, a beautiful photograph that we have in our house, and I'm famous, Dee will tell you, I'm famous for a lot of times when I'm putting up paintings or pictures. There's been times here at the church I just take my shoe off, and just nail in a, 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 with my shoe. And, and But this particular painting, this particular picture in my house, I took very, very much skill in making sure that it was hung with a good nail in a firm place. I mean, I got out my, I got out my, my hammer. I got the nail. I got one of these. I don't like using very much one of these measuring tapes. And I even got the stud finder out, the thing that beeps when you find the stud finder. And I made sure that I wasn't going to put this picture and hang it up with just my shoe. I was going to make sure that it was in a firm and secure place. Well, let me show you the the picture that I'm talking about. happens to be of my beautiful wife, Tammy, from uh, 38 years ago. Didn't she? Beautiful. She's watching now online, so. Isn't she beautiful? If if you're going to come to my house, you're going to see this right as you walk in. We have a lobby and then just to the left, this picture is hanging up with a firm nail. Of all the paintings and pictures of my house, this is one that is not going to fall down. Why? Because I took meticulous Measures to make sure that it was secured in a, a stud, a firm foundation. Now in your life and in my life, because of what was done on Calvary's cross, you can rest assured that your life can hang on something that is strong and secure. and his name is Jesus Christ, a nail in a secure place. How many of you are here today and you can honestly say that your life has been secured and fastened and nailed because you are hanging everything that you are and everything that you have on Jesus Christ a sure and firm foundation. Can I get an amen? amen. So as we celebrate that today. It's not because of the work that we've done, it's the work of Christ. It's the work that was done on Calvary's cross. It was it was the the, the nails that were pierced through his hands and his feet. That, that causes that stability and that security and everything that you are and everything that you have can hang on that nail because he is a firm nail in a firm place. Can I get an amen? amen. So because of Calvary's cross, I'm going to give you some five or six principles that I think that you can build your life on that will help you to live a life of, of, of being settled and fixed and secured and your life is not going to come crashing down and fall if you're fixed. On a firm nail. So number one, because of Calvary's cross. Number one, your past is forgiven. I like that. Your past is forgiven. I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but how many of you are here today, you have at least one thing in your past that you would like to forget about. Yeah. Well, because Christ is a firm nail, and because of what was done on Calvary's cross, your past is is forgiven. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 43. I love this scripture. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Because of Calvary's Cross, your past is forgiven. You ever you guys ever use White Out? I don't know if we use that anymore, but I, I have a couple cans of White Out at my office. White Out is amazing. It covers every mistake that I write. And Christ, because of his cross, and because it was nailed in a firm place, your past is forgiven. And God remembers that no more. I know this may be weird, but I was sensing, that I was even studying this and looking at this, that, 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 that there's a woman here today watching that you've had an abortion years ago. And you've been haunted that mistake. And I'm delighted to tell you today that because of Calvary's cross and because we can hang all of our sins on a firm nail in a secure place, your sins are forgiven. I says there was somebody here too that, 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 that this, is, this is odd, but you stole from your parents. And you've been haunted with that all these years. God gave that to me right as I was sitting here before, as we were in worship. You stole from your parents and they're both deceased and you can't go ask for their forgiveness. I've got good news for you today. You can go to Christ. And because of what was done on Calvary's cross, your past is forgiven. How many are grateful for God forgiving our past? Can I get an amen? So because of Calvary's cross, number one, your past is forgiven. i got to move. Number two, your present is settled. Everyone say settled. Settled. Look at First Peter chapter five verse ten. And the God of all grace, who called you into His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a while, He Himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You know what I'm believing for in this church. I'm believing that every member at Bell Isle Community Church will have at least these characteristics spoken about you. That you are strong, that you are firm, and you are steadfast. There's nothing worse than wishy-washy Christians who you can't depend on, who fall apart, who fall down, who mess up. There's nothing worse than a wishy. I want to be a part of a group of people that although life is not perfect and life is difficult and life can be hard, that in the spite of all that, they are strong, they are firm, and they are steadfast. Guess what? Because of Calvary's cross, you can live a life of strength, of firmness, and steadfastness because you are nailed with Christ in a firm Place and because of that, your life can be settled. Let me give you, real quickly, a couple of ways that you can live a settled life. This is not in your notes. Number one, listen to the Good Shepherd. You want to live a life that's strong and steadfast and secure? Listen to what the Good Shepherd says, follow him. Number two, you want to live a life that's strong, have a steady diet of God's word. Steady diet of God's word. How many have a phone? How many have phones? Get your phone out just for a moment. Michelle, do you have a phone? Here, here. Let me me just, let me. You want to live a, a steadfast, firm, strong life? Watch this. Less phone, more God's word. Yeah. I know that's not politically correct. I know I'm not supposed to say that. But if you want to live a life that is strong, and secure, and steadfast, here it is, less phone, more word. You show me somebody who is addicted. By the way, we're all addicted to this thing. In fact, right now as I'm preaching, somebody's going to get a little text message, and guess what you're going to do? You're going to pick up your honking phone. (laughs) We're like Pavlo's dog. We get a buzz, and what do we do? We're looking at the phone. Less phone, more word. And you show me somebody who knows the word and is plugged into the word and has a consistent diet of God's word, and I'll show you somebody who's living a life that is strong, firm, and steadfast. Here's God's word for you today less phone, more word. And that will help you live steadfast. Number three. Consistent godly influences. You want to be steadfast? You want to be firm? Surround yourself with trusted Christians. Godly men and women that are speaking into your life. No man is an island. You are not going to live a life of, uh, of stability and live a life that's settled if you surround yourself with weak people. I've I said this a million times to you today in this church. Show me who your five friends are and I'll show you the person you'll become. Show me who you surround yourself with and I'll show you the person you are. You want to live a steadfast life? Surround yourself with great people who speak into your life and they'll make you strong. Number four, develop a culture of worship. Be a worshiper. You want to be steadfast and secure and strong? Be a worshiper. What does worship do? Whose phone is this? Michelle, is this your phone? I got your phone. No phone, Michelle, just a word. When you worship, watch this. You take your eyes off of this world and you focus it on God who's bigger than every problem you're faced with. And so you're not unsettled, you're not shaky because you're a worshiper. And people who worship are people who fix their eyes on things that are bigger than what we're faced with here on the earth. Be a worshiper. I took Austin fishing this week. We went went on a family vacation. It was Tammy and Austin and myself. We went fishing. It was cool. The guy that took us was a Christian. So as soon as he found out I was a pastor, he knew he was in trouble because he had to get us on a lot of fish and he did. (laughs) But he plugged in his phone and he started playing praise and worship. It was cool. And Austin was at the front of the boat. And I was in the back, and every time a song would come on, Austin would automatically start singing that song. It was so cool. And the guide was like, sing it, Austin, sing it. And he said that, and Austin sang louder. Every single song that came on, Austin knew, and he was singing at the top of his lungs as we were fishing. I mean, I was catching fish, Austin was singing, but watch this. He was a worshiper. Worshippers fixed their eyes on God, and they... Adore him and they love him, and they take their problems, their eyes off of their problems, and they fix them on somebody who's bigger than any problem we have. You want to live a life that's settled, that's secure, that's steadfast, that's strong? Be a worshiper. I hope you're a worshiper today. In fact, we got a camera right here. And next week, we're going to tape everybody as they're worshiping. I'm going to put it on Facebook. We're going to put it all over the world wide web. How wonder if that would change the way we sang and worship next Sunday. If you knew that you were being viewed over the world wide web, well, guess what? You are being viewed. God's trying to inhabit, watch this, the praises of his people. And we're falling asleep we got our arms crossed. When you become a worshiper, it establishes you, it settles you, it makes you steadfast. It makes you strong. A nail in a firm place. And then number six, uh, five, uh, live a life of humility. Don't be proud, don't be arrogant, don't be full of yourself. Live a life of humility because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Number three. How many are still with me this morning? morning. Your past is forgiven. Your present is settled. I love this one. Your position is established. Your position is established. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That's what we are. Church, look at me just for a moment. Your position is established. You are a child of God. Boy, that ought to make you feel good. That ought to just give you a little pep in your step. That ought to raise your shoulders up a little bit and lift your head up to know that you are a child of God. Your position is established because of what Christ has done on Calvary's cross. Your position is established. You are a child of God. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a sinner. You are established. You are a child of God. And your position is established and it's strong because of Calvary's cross. Number four, quickly. I love this one. Because of Calvary's cross, your pain is understood. Hmm. Your pain is understood. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. I am your God. I love this. I will take care of you until you are old and your hair is gray. I made you and I will care for you. I will give you help and I will rescue you. I love that. That's from the good news translation. Your pain is understood. Church, look at me just for a moment, real quick. Whatever you're going through right now, Because of Calvary's cross, God understands your pain. He knows what you're going through. Let me give you, real quickly, seven things that God says to you in your pain. Seven things that God says to you in your pain. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, you know, you get a little arthritis in your elbow. I mean, I feel for your elbow and I get it. I'm talking about pain. You understand what I'm saying? Pain. God understands your elbow. I get that. But I'm talking about pain. I'm talking about hurt. I'm talking about hopelessness. I'm talking about loneliness. I'm talking about serious depression. God knows your pain. And the first thing he says to you is, you are not alone. You know what the enemy loves to do? Are you all with me this morning? The enemy loves to make you feel like you're the only one that's ever felt or gone through this. You're the only one. And guess what, you're not the only one. Because Christ understands and he knows what you've been through. He says to you today, you are not alone. If you are lonely, if you are hopeless, if you are depressed, you're not alone. That's what God says to you. Number two, second thing God says in our pain is, I know how you feel. He's been tempted in every way. He knows how you feel. Number three, God says, I'm not surprised by this. This hasn't taken me by surprise. I haven't been caught off guard. I am aware of what's going on in your life. I feel your pain. Number four, your pain has a purpose. There's a reason why you're going through what you're going through. God has a purpose for you. Number five, I love this one. Your pain won't last forever. Hmm. I like that. Your pain won't last forever forever. Will it go away completely? I, I I don't know. But your pain will subside. And one day we'll get to heaven. No more tears, no more weeping, no more crying, no more heartache. So yeah, your pain is going to it's not going to last forever because one day we're going to be in the presence of God. We're going to be in heaven. Amen. Do y'all believe that? Y'all believe we're going to heaven? And when we get to heaven, there's going to be no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow. Your pain is not going to last forever. Number six, you will get better. You're going to get better. And number seven, your pain is going to help other people. God allows you to go through things so that you can help other people through their pain. And because of Calvary's cross, our pain is understood. Number five, because of Calvary's cross, the promises are fixed. Promises are fixed. Look at Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Though through these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Your promise is fixed. Now, let me have your eyes and ears real quick. We're getting ready to close here. For whatever problem you are faced with, There is a promise that God has given. For every problem you are faced with, there is a promise that God has given. And the key to victory and the key to living a life that honors God is to stand on the promises that God has given you. Everybody get your Bible out just for a moment and I want you to hold it up. If it's on your phone, it's okay. If you got a Bible or on your phone, this is the promises of God. And for every problem, there's a promise. And we need to hang on to the, what the Bible says, the precious promises of God. Why? Because our promise is fixed. There's an old song, and Bruce and Lisa know this one. and A couple of you know it here today. Standing on the promises. Standing, standing. Safe and secure from all alarm, standing, I'm standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. See, see what our problem is here. We got too many people sitting on the premises hmm. instead of standing on the promises. Yep, I just stepped on some toes there. I felt it. Sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. I don't know about you today, but because of Calvary's cross, I can stand on the promises of God. I'm standing as a little kid sitting on the front row at church. I remember the choir singing that song. Standing on the promises. I didn't fully understand it until I got a little bit older. And I understood the power of standing on the promises of God. I don't want to be a church that's sitting on the premises. I want to be a church that's standing on the promises of God. How many of you are here today? And there you have a son or daughter that is not saved. And you're believing God to save your sons and daughters. Can I see your hand? I want you guys to stand up real quick. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard, you guys stand up real quick. You got a son or a daughter that is not walking with God and they're unsaved. See, I'm tired of just Christianity that doesn't have power to it. I want to have a faith that. Practice is what we speak about, and that's what we're gonna do right now. You know what I why I'm having you stand? Because I want you to stand on the promises. See, when you stand physically, you are activating your faith, and you're standing up saying, God. I know how my son is acting. I know how my daughter's acting. I know what they're doing. But I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to concentrate on that. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. And I'm going to believe you're going to save my son or daughter. I don't know what you're standing on today. We serve a God who's a nail in a firm place. And you can stand on his promises that you and your household will be saved. I don't want to hear but, I don't want to hear but, but nothing, you and your family will be saved. I'm standing on the promises of God. If you're here today and you are sick in body, Maybe arthritis in the elbow that I've joked about before. But you are sick in body and you want to believe God to heal you. I want you to stand. Don't hesitate, stand. In faith, stand and say, God, my body is sick and I'm asking you to touch me and to make me well. I believe that you are the great physician. I'm standing on your promises today that you're going to heal my body. Stand. See something happens in the, in the supernatural when you take a step of faith in the natural and by you standing you're saying God I believe you God I'm trusting you I'm not standing on what the governor says I'm not standing on what the president says I'm not standing I'm standing on the promises of God I am believing you for a miracle Father in Jesus name let's pray God for every son and daughter that's wayward in Jesus name God, would you bring somebody into their path that will share the gospel with them and get them saved? Will you orchestrate circumstances that will bring them to a place where they recognize that they need you and they'll come to repentance? In Jesus' name. God, we speak for unsaved sons and daughters and pray that you would save them by the power of the Holy Spirit. For those that are sick in body, we speak health. We speak wellness. Because of Calvary's cross, our sins are forgiven and our bodies are healed. So by your stripes, we are healed. and We're standing on the promises today. We're asking you to touch our body and make us well in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. We receive that healing today in Jesus' powerful name. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Jesus, a nail in a firm place. The promises are fixed. And number six, as we go, because of Calvary's cross, I love this, your purpose is bright. Your purpose is bright. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, everybody's got a purpose. And your purpose is bright. Why? Because of Calvary's cross. Because we're fixing our life on a firm nail. Our future is bright. Well, Pastor Scott, you don't understand. I'm gold. Doesn't matter. You got a bright future. Jeremiah chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. Now, do you have time? I want to give you real quickly how to have a bright future. You want to know how? Three of you. Okay, three. All right, good. Three. Number one, forget the past. past is gone. Don't dwell on the past. Number two, apply the knowledge that you receive. Everyone say apply. apply. Now watch this. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. Apply the knowledge you've been given. What I've talked about today with you, Apply it. Guess what? It will change your life if you apply it. You want to have a bright future? Forget your past. Apply knowledge. Number three, start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're only a day away. Don't start tomorrow. You start today. That's how you have a bright future. You start today. Number four, build on your strengths. The enemy loves to point out your weaknesses. Don't build your life on your weaknesses, build your life on your strengths. Soar with your strengths. Believe God to bring people around you that can complement your weaknesses. Build on your strengths. You'll have a bright future. Some of you here today, are you, you focus too much on your weaknesses. You'll never have a bright future focusing on your weakness. Focus on your strengths. And ask God to bring people to your life that complement your weaknesses. Want to have a bright future? Surround yourself with bright people. We talked about that. Surround yourself with bright people. I love this one. Number six, live by faith. Take some risks. Live by faith. Don't be fearful. What's the worst that can happen? Live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And then number seven, speak life. This is what I want you to do this week. I want you to talk to yourself. <laughs> talk to yourself. It's called self-talk. And guess, guess what? All you theologians out there, self-talk is biblical. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all those within me, bless my What was David doing? He was speaking to himself. Speak life. Speak wellness. Moms, speak prosperity. Speak blessing. You know this. The first words God spoke to mankind is, I bless you. First words He spoke to Adam and Eve, I bless you. What was He doing? He was speaking life. And the enemy is speaking doubt, and the world is speaking doubt. We need to get into God's word, stand on a promise, and speak life into that situation. Speak life. I'm going to close with this. I went to Bay Hill yesterday. Bay Hill Golf Tournament. It's my golf club. a Ping G400. There's Ping g 430, I'm 30 behind already. I got a 400, that's okay. I was watching John Rahm hit the ball yesterday. He had seven bogeys. Yes, Al, thank you. I gotta get this, I gotta tee it up right. This worked at home. There we go. I watched John Rahm on the practice course yesterday. Golf is 90% mental, 10% physical. Garrett, you know this, we played together. Every time I get up to swing this thing, there's a voice that says to me, you're going to shank it. <laughs> <laughs> every time I go, I'm going this afternoon after church, every time I get up at first tee, there's a voice that says to me, it's going in the water. You don't believe in self-talk. You're talking right now saying, I hope he doesn't hit that ball. (laughs) You you believe in self-talk when it's convenient. Every time I get up to hit that ball, there's a battle. And you know what I have to say to myself? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Scott, you can do this. Scott, you've done this a 100 times. Scott, you know how to do this. Just slow down. Keep your head down. Keep your elbow in. Keep your knees bent. Just do it, Scott. You, can do it. you got this. And the more I do that, the better I get. I'm not going up there saying this is going in the water. I'm not, go- I'm not up there saying I'm just going to shank this. This is going in the woods. No, I'm speaking life into my golf game. I'm speaking health. I'm speaking wealth. I'm speaking blessing in my life over my kids, over my grandkids. I'm speaking blessing. I'm speaking healing in the name of Jesus. Speak life. And if you do that for your golf game, why in the world would you not do that for your children and your grandchildren and your business and your church? and your country, and your president, and your pastor. Speak life. And when you do that, things begin to change. Uh, Aren't you you tired of hunting balls in the woods all day long? Don't you want to live a life where the balls in the fairway, and it's not in the water or the rough, I'm telling you, all you guys need to do is make a little adjustment, just a little tweak, and start speaking life. And you'll move out of the woods, out of the rough, and into the fairway. Y'all know what the fairway is? The fairway is just, it's just as smooth as this carpenter right here. And when you get it in the fairway, your chance of hitting your next shot is a lot better than if you're in the woods or in the water. Speak life into your situation. It's because of Calvary's cross that we can live a life of purpose, a life that is bright. Would you stand up across the auditorium as I get ready to tee this thing off here real quick. We're going to see the biggest mass exodus in Belle Isle Community Church right here in a few minutes when I tee this thing off here. Speak life, speak hope, speak blessing in Jesus' name. Now, how many of you real quick can think of at least one person that you could speak life into them today? Get on the internet, pick up the phone, don't speak doubt and unbelief, speak blessing and health and wellness and prosperity over your situation. Speak In Jesus' name. It's all because of Calvary's cross. Your future is bright. Now, Lord, as your people go today, Lord, I I speak as, as their pastor blessing over them. Lord, I follow in the DNA of God the Father. I follow in the DNA of Jesus by blessing your people. You told Moses to say this to my people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. God, give us a bright future because of Calvary's cross. We're grateful for it. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen Amen. and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Bless you.